You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we're going through uh, this AD series. Small groups are going fantastic. Um, getting a lot of real positive feedback on, on the messages and, and how people are being impacted with that. And as we progress, I want you to just take some time and think of the person in your life that has impacted you the most. Who is that individual that has impacted you the most in your life? It's that person that's been with you through the difficult times. That person that has celebrated with you through the mountaintops. That person that has loved you when others have maybe hated on you. Maybe it's that individual that if you ever won an Academy Award or a Grammy, it'd be the person that you would first say, I can't, I wouldn't have done this without him or her. And as we think about AD and and the series that we're going through, to the disciples, that person was Jesus Christ. They had witnessed his teaching. They had witnessed his wisdom. He always had the right thing to say. He didn't cower from the political pressure. He had domain and authority over demons. He was able to heal people on the spot. And more than that, they came to find out that he conquered the grave. So Jesus was everything to them. And, and, and as they they they. After as they witness this resurrection, the Bible tells us that, that Jesus spent 40 days with them and he showed himself to be alive for 40 days. And, and, and he was fulfilling scripture. Everything that he did was the fulfillment of the Old Testament and doing the things that was written about him. He prepared them for his ascension to the Father. And what Jesus told them kind of startles not only them but us when we really read it in its context. Because here's a man that had impacted them the greatest. Here's a man that had been through them in their most difficult times. Here's a man that had had celebrated with them in the mountaintops. Here's a man that had conquered the grave. And then he had said words like this. He said to them, it is for your advantage. He said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, in its context, if you think about the historical context, when those disciples heard those words, because that was even pre-crucifixion, they were probably like, what in the world are you saying to us? We don't want another helper. We want you. 
But have you noticed that our walk with Christ is progressive? Have you noticed that he, he teaches us, he, he increases our faith, he grows us up as we walk with him? For example, he, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and in that garden, he went and he prayed, and he was agonizing, and, and, and he told his disciples, I want you to wait and watch right here, and you pray while I go and pray. And, and what you find is, is he comes back, and he says, uh, the Bible says, he returned to the disciples, and he found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body or the flesh is weak. Anyone ever felt that way, that you're tired and you, you don't want to, you can't pray because you're, you're tired. But do you notice that he singled out Peter right there? And he says, Peter, could, could you not just watch with me for one hour and, 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 and pray with me? But again, our walk with him is progressive. And you, you see later, after his ascension, after he spent 40 days with these disciples and Peter had denied him and Thomas had doubted the reality of his resurrection and, and all of this, you find a progression beginning to take place. We read that the apostles, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives a distance of about a mile. And when they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. And here are the names of those who were present. And it's very interesting to me that the first name that they mention is Peter. Why? Didn't Jesus just talk to him? In former days and say, Peter, can't you stand watch with me and pray? But now the Bible puts him as priority, right? They put him in the top of the list. Those that were present were Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and, and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, the zealot and Judah, son of James. And, and they all met together and they were, say with me, constantly united in prayer. Now they went from prayerless to prayerful. They went from tired to alive. They went from sleepy to seeking. So they, the, the progression of the Lord working in them. And so they were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. And during this time, there was about 120 believers and they were together in one place. They met in a place called the upper room. And on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost came 50 days after Passover. And Pentecost was a feast that was celebrated for a harvest. Something miraculous happened. You see, beloved, as we go through this series AD, and in our small group, you're going to learn that the death of Christ was not the end of the story. You're going to find that the resurrection of Jesus is not the end of the story. You're going to find that we are a part of the story that God is telling even today. I titled today's message that we need our lives 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are some people in here that you probably have never even mentioned the Holy Spirit. You don't even know of the Holy Spirit. There are some people here that you may overemphasize the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit points to Jesus. He's the central piece of him working in our lives. And what we find is the helper that Jesus would send is our advocate. He's the one who comes alongside and he strengthens us and he reveals Christ to us and in us. And the disciples would find that it was a benefit for Jesus to go to the Father because the Holy Spirit would be poured out and empower them to fulfill the ministry of reaching their world. In Acts 1.80 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Can I tell you something? We, we still need his power today. To reach your world, to reach your friends, to reach your family, you absolutely need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in and through you. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I want to read that. Father, thank you for allowing us to meet in this second service. And as we open up your word, we choose to open up our hearts and our minds. Give us understanding and clarity. Use me, Lord, as a vessel, as a messenger of the greatest message there is known to man. And let your name be glorified through this message. In Jesus' name we pray. So it says in verse 1, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting, and then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. The church was birthed by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is directing the lives of every person who gives their lives to Christ. What becomes evident in AD through the book of Acts is we need our lives to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, there are benefits. There are benefits when your life is filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about four of them today. The first benefit is that we need the Holy Spirit in order to come to faith in Jesus. Nobody will ever come to faith in Christ without the Holy Spirit. Every person becomes a Christ follower through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, he says, because people do not believe in me. So he, he, he convicts and he says, why aren't you believing in Christ? Why aren't you believing in the answer? 
about righteousness because I am going to the Father. So those people that think they're righteous in their own self, the Holy Spirit says the only righteous one is the one who sits at the right hand of the power on high. Because, uh, and then it says, and about judgment, uh, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Can I tell you, when Jesus went to the cross, he destroyed the work of the devil. And when he rose from the dead, he destroyed the effect of sin. He had eternal life and an abundant life in Christ. Notice that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. Jesus said when he comes, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, the Godhead being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So many times people forget or they simply ignore the role of the Holy Spirit. When's the last time that you thought about the Holy Spirit? There are churches that, that you'll never hear the Holy Spirit mentioned. Francis Chan wrote a wonderful book called Forgotten God. And that book expands on the fact that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, beloved, we need the Spirit of God to draw us to the Father. He enables us to see Jesus for who he truly is, which is God in the flesh. In fact, Paul, as he's, as he's talking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, he says, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God will ever say Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in and through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes and he works in our hearts, you are able to say, Jesus is Lord and Jesus is God. Well, pastor, how do I apply this? What what do I do to, to put this into practice? I would say to you, this week, embrace the reality of the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. God doesn't want us to be ignorant or ignore the reality of the Holy Spirit. His role is to transform you and to guide you to become more like Christ. Why would we ignore him? I love the way that Charles Stanley put it. Charles Stanley said, The words, God, I need help, have come from the lips of every Christian at some point in life. The wonderful thing about this short prayer is that God provided the help we need long ago at Pentecost. Inside every believer dwells an intimate, all-sufficient helper with one goal, to ensure we grow in Christ-likeness. The Holy Spirit starts working even before we are believers to reveal the character of Jesus. Remember the vivid story of scales falling from the eyes of Saul, later renamed Paul, to end his blindness. A similar thing happens as we receive the Spirit's instruction. He pulls away the scales of our unbelief to reveal the true nature of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit works not only in the believer, but in the unbeliever to draw us to the love of God. I was not smart enough to say, God, I need you. The Holy Spirit nudged my heart 21 years ago to say, you need a Savior. 
Benefit number two, we need the Holy Spirit to fill our lives with God. And I tell you that in this world, we fill our lives with so many things. We are consumed by people, by activities. We're consumed with stuff, materialism. But the Holy Spirit is here, is here to fill our lives with God. He came to immerse us in the presence of a living Savior. Jesus told his disciples, he said, Don't, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in, in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now the literal meaning to baptize, baptizo, means to be dipped under, to be immersed under. So when, when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers, they were immersed with God. They were filled with God to the full. God doesn't want to sprinkle you with his presence. He wants you to be filled to the full in his presence. And I tell you that the disciples, they were transformed from the inside out through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thomas went from a doubter to a truster. Peter went from a denier to a preacher. Every one of the disciples made a big difference. I can tell you this, that if you allow the Holy Spirit to saturate you, your life will never be the same because your life will be full of God. I want you to think about something, beloved. What is saturating your life right now? If it's full of God, it'll be full of peace. It'll be full of love. It'll be full of patience. That's the Holy Spirit's fruit. It'll be full of faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are things that we can't produce in our flesh. The disciples were transformed from the inside out to the point that some bystanders... They thought that they were intoxicated. They said, these people are drunk. And Peter said, dude, the bar hasn't even opened. It's not, nine, it's not even 9 a.m. <laughs> but they weren't intoxicated with alcohol. They were full of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he says... Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why did he parallel those two? Why did he parallel that? Can I tell you why? As one that might have a little experience? Alcohol makes you feel good. Alcohol gives you instant courage. I've seen some four foot nothing guys say, I'll take that guy. I don't care if he's six foot five. Dude, you don't want to do that, bro. (laughs) 
I got him. <laughs> Alcohol makes you forget your problems. And you can put that with any substance that's a counterfeit of the real. The real is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not come to make us negate our problems. He comes to confront our problems with the power of God. The Holy Spirit will fill you with a good feeling without the hangover the next day. Now notice, I'm not, I'm not preaching, I'm not saying abstinence, because you know what? The Bible, I would be false teaching if I said that the Bible says you can't drink alcohol. But it certainly says don't get drunk, because you'll do some foolish things. And for some, you can't even drink one. Because homie, you be drunk. And I tell you that the Holy Spirit is, 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 is desiring to fill us with something that the world can't fill us with. Pastor, how do I apply this? I would say to you, this week, come to God and ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. That's a command. That's a continuous thing. Every day we should be asking, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. When is the last time that you ever said that, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit? Can I tell you one of the things that I say before I come up to preach is I say, Lord, I believe in the Holy Spirit. He's the one that changes lives, not me. The Bible says this, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who will ask? Now think about it, you, you, sinners, you sinners know how to give the best gifts to your children. How much more the Father will give you the best gift in the Holy Spirit to dwell in us? To walk with us? To guide us? Benefit number three, the Holy Spirit will empower our speech and communication for the glory of God. Have you ever wondered why there were tongues of fire? Simple. Tongues represent speech. Tongues represent communication. The Holy Spirit was given to the disciples to empower their speech and communication of the gospel. This message that they were going to proclaim did not come from a human institution. It's not a human philosophy. It's the message of the living God. It's a message of power. The Apostle Paul, who was a very educated man, he came out of the school of Gamaliel. He was, of all of the apostles, he was the most educated. People, scholars say, in, in our day would probably be two PhDs. That's how much education he had. And let me tell you what Paul told the Corinthians. He said this, My message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. There are people 
in your life that God wants to reach and you're thinking, I can't tell them anything. It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit that wants to work in you. The tongues of fire were a complete, a complete transformation in their confidence and in their power on Pentecost. The Bible says this. Let me tell you this. The audience at Pentecost could not resist the fact that God was at work. And I'm going to say this to you, beloved. When the Holy Spirit is working through you, people around you will not resist the power of the living God. Don't depend on your own words. Depend on the words of God to work through you and for you. There's someone in your life right now that needs God, and God has him or her there. Don't shy away. The Bible says at Pentecost, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and people from Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Estaban dando gloria a nuestro Señor. Translation, they were giving glory to our God. Now that's easy for me because I can somewhat speak Spanglish. But if, I was, if, it, if it was Chinese audience, I would need the power of the living God. Amen? Because me don't speak either Chinese. The disciples needed the Holy Spirit to empower their words. They needed him to empower their communication. They needed him to lead them in their worship of God. And so do we. Can I tell you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, you will not be ashamed to lift up your hands to the living God. You will not be ashamed to clap to the living God. You will not be ashamed to worship to the living God because he's worthy of praise. And you reciprocate his love to others. It's not your love. It's his love that we reciprocate. The Holy Spirit was poured out to empower our communication of the gospel to the point that people are pierced to the heart. Let me tell you something. Every time that I have seen God at work, it's never me. When I have seen him at work, I have seen people conviction and for them to say, what do I do? Peter, who had been a coward during the crucifixion of Jesus, was now a confident preacher because the Holy Spirit had come upon him. The Bible says that Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. You see, his speech, his communication had been changed. Peter continued preaching for a long time. And I love that because I love to continue preaching. And it's biblical. It's biblical. I want to go home, but we can't. Because PJ wants to continue preaching for a long time. Strongly urging all his listeners. Let me tell you, there's someone in here today, you've been listening to someone talk to you. You've been listening. You need to start talking the words of God. You've been listening to the words of the world. You need to start talking and communicating the words of God. And strongly urging my friend who will be coming next week, Robert Gondro, the Lord gave him a vision when he got saved in Las Vegas, Nevada at a funeral. The Lord gave him a vision that he would be alongside his brother in Christ and we would be pulling people out of the flames of hell. Can I tell you, we'll be urging people with many words to come to the Lord. There's people in your life that God wants to speak through you the words of God. Save yourself from this crooked generation. We need to tell people God wants to save you from this wicked place. How many of us would benefit if our speech was empowered by the Holy Spirit? Today is the day. This is a God-ordained time. Today is the day that God wants to move in you, move through you. How do I apply this? Pray this week for the Holy Spirit to direct and empower your words and your communication. Simple. Lord, I'm here. Holy Spirit, fill me with your words. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. Holy Spirit, give me the wisdom I need. You are in someone's life because God desires to speak through you. Quit trying to run from these people. You're there. God put you there. I love, that. I love the way that uh, uh, Christian author Henry Blackaby put it. He said, will God ever ask you to do something you are not able to do? The answer is yes, all the time. It has to be that way for God's glory and kingdom. If we function according to our ability alone, we get the glory. If we function according to the power of the Spirit within us, God will get the glory. He wants to reveal himself to a watching world. He wants to move beyond your circumstance. He wants to move beyond your ability. He wants to change lives. got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The last benefit that I put down, there's many more, but the last benefit that I put down is the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and he burns a blaze in our souls that consumes our sin. Have you ever wondered why fire was represented with the coming of the Holy Spirit? It's simple. Fire consumes and fire ignites. 
John the Baptist said about Jesus, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with, it was me. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Fire. He baptizes us with, immerses us with God, and there's a fire, there's an ignition. In fact, the great preacher, John Wesley, he said, I set myself on fire, and people come, and they watch me burn with the fire of God. Every one of us is passionate about something. What are you on fire for? If it's not God, the answer is simple. You haven't given the Holy Spirit a rightful place in your life. See, because when the Holy Spirit comes, there's a passion. There's a love for God. I'm not not kidding you. When the Holy Spirit, when he is working, you have a passion for the things of Christ. The, the, The actor, Kirk Cameron, put it like this. He said, People are attracted to passion and conviction. Do you burn with love for God? Is there a gospel fire in your bones? I found that nothing but a clear view of the cross and understanding of the gospel, continual prayer, and regular feasting on the word of God can ignite the wet wood of a a lukewarm believer. If you want to be an effective witness for the king, fire it up again. Get on your face. See the cross in all its horror. Thank your bleeding and resurrected Savior. Read his precious word and speak with him daily. There is so much more attractive about warm light in cold darkness. There is so much attractive about warm light in cold darkness. When you're in a cold place, that warm light looks very attractive. Beloved, people need the warmth of God in their life when they're in a cold world of sin. I pray that we all burn bright for God. I pray that we all burn bright for God. And I tell you that the Holy Spirit, it will consume the effects of sin in our lives. That's why it's so important to welcome him into our lives. That sin that that keeps you from being everything you want to be. It's the Holy Spirit that burns. Burns it and it consumes it. But he doesn't stop there. That all-consuming fire ignites you. And just like on the day of Pentecost, all those believers, they transformed their world. God will and can transform your world and our world through the power of the Holy Spirit. The founder of Teen Challenge, his name was David Wilkerson. He went into New York. God just called him. He was from an from a urban place, and God called him to go into New York City and, and gave him a vision of going to the streets of New York with the gospel. And he was obedient. He went over there, and there was nothing but, but gang-infested, drug-infested places, streets, and people. They wanted to kill him. Through the power of Jesus Christ, he changed people's lives. And Teen Challenge is still changing people's lives. And David Wilkerson said this. He said, when you strip it of everything else, 
Pentecost stands for power and life. That's what came into the church when the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost. Power and life. Power and life. We're not a dead people. We're a live people. We've got power. And the power is not us. The power is the working of the Spirit of the living God that wants to work in each one of us and ignite a fire to reach the people around us. I love you so very much. If you'll just embrace the reality of the Holy Spirit, He will do things in you that will blow you and others away. He will take an ordinary life and make it an extraordinary life for the glory of God. He will make you passionate about your faith. Let me say this to you, beloved. Are you passionate about your faith? Young person, let me tell you, the world is trying to steal your faith. It's trying to steal you from God's hand. You got to say, Lord, fill me the world will leave you empty I've read your Facebook post the world will leave you empty let's pray you because he wants to change your life maybe you've been here several times maybe you haven't but God is here because he wants to ignite a fire in you that will bring forgiveness and restoration and an excitement and a passion that you've never had before and I want you to pray this prayer with me if that's you God, I am a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to offer me forgiveness and restoration. I embrace your grace by confessing that Jesus died for all of my sins at Calvary. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day. But God, you didn't stop there. You have offered me the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I embrace his reality and his transforming power. Holy Spirit, light a fire in me that will burn bright for the glory of Christ. Rekindle this blaze and don't let it be quenched by the world and sin. I choose this day to embrace all that God has for me in Jesus in the precious name of Jesus, in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. God's changing some lives today. God is empowering you today. Now I just want everyone to stand real quick. Everyone stand. And if you want to, I just want you to raise your hands up to God. This is you. Raise your hands up to God and just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. 
just say this to God Holy Spirit fill me fill me with the ability to make a difference fill me with a confidence and a courage to overcome my circumstances fill me with words that are your words Lord God you have me in relationships right now Lord and and you know the people that I have around me Lord you know the people that, that are anti you I pray that you fill me with with an ability, Lord God, to have discernment and wisdom so that I speak at very precise times, Lord God, so that I will say very precise words. And Holy Spirit, that the name of Christ will be glorified through my life. Fill me, O Lord. Fill me, O Lord, Lord God, just like a a cup, a vessel that that is, is pouring over with God. Let me just feel your let me just feel your presence Lord I just embrace your presence now I am not ashamed to say you are Lord to say you are God to say that you are worthy of praise and honor and glory forever and dominion forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever Amen and amen We serve a mighty God We serve a mighty God Build your kingdom here, let the darkness... This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more.